as always, I'm your host, Black Six, and uh, I'd like to thank you all for downloading the show again. So uh, this week we have a uh, pretty decent show. We start off with uh, Janice and XCCJ duking it out over the storyline and uh, how it's developed over the years and what one's liked and the other uh, hasn't liked so much. Uh, after that, the Amatoran of Anger is back for another how-to BZP, looking at the uh, completely off-topic RPGs. After that, I sit down with uh, Smeagol4 to talk about the upcoming Brick Fair event, uh, and why you should go and what you can do there. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun. And uh, then we wrap things up with yet another music time with Smeag. So uh, without further ado, let's get this party started. Alright, joining me now are XCCJ and Janice to talk a little bit about the storyline. One of them uh, likes it, and the other doesn't like it so much. You'll have to figure out which is which yourself, though. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. I'm doing good. Alright, so uh, who wants to start start off either uh, defending or undefending the story? Well, my mama always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say it at all. So I'll let uh, XCCJ go first. All right, Jason. Okay, thanks. Well, um, I I really like the storyline in recent years because it it really has expanded in ways that that you wouldn't have thought possible in 2001. There are so many characters and so many locations that... If you're a writer of fan fiction, it's just a treasure trove of uh, stuff to write about. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the recent years then, Rob? Um, well, he's definitely right. It has expanded in some ways. However, it, to me, it lacks what made Matanui and Metronui so special, which is there was enough detail given about them that they could be a treasure trove for uh, artists and for writers, whereas the newer locations, it's like we skim over them and then we're gone, and it doesn't make me want to write about them. Uh, Cardanui in particular bored me. I could not write a storyline in that place because it just bored me. Any uh, response to that there, Jason? Well, it is true that the later years uh, have been more very specific to, in locations. So you had like Matsunui, it had six different themes based on the elements, whereas Cardanui was kind of like like a bunch of rocks in the sky and then a swamp. But I mean, you have to kind of you have to kind of take it that whereas you had you had just one big island before a general big area with lots of different sub areas. Now you have multiple big areas. So you have like uh, the Makuta Island of Destral and the uh, and all those other random islands, and some of them, some of them are kind of boring, like uh, Stelt, I think that's the name. It's just kind of like a trader island. But I mean, there's a lot more potential to go other places. And while while a lot of them haven't been as as drawn out as Matsunui was, because we didn't spend three years at any one place, there there's still a fair amount of detail in each in uh, places like Cardanui because there were there was like the Makuta different Makuta layers there and Matoran places and in areas in the swamp. Right. So yeah, we've kind of I think sped up the rate at which uh, you know as years went on, kept going to different places each year, 
and as a result we now have more places in the universe, but each one hasn't been detailed nearly as much as, say, Matanui and Metronui from the beginning. And of course, if you go the Bar Magna, um, e even though a lot of that was just big desert areas, if you read some of the uh, other material, you, kn you know, like, there there's a whole place in the north that that the Agori were traveling through that had all sorts of neat features that didn't exactly get, get seen in the movie. So there was potential to uh, look more into stuff there. All right. Any other uh, comments, Rob? Uh, actually, that does bring up a, a point I had about the distribution of the storyline is one thing that's really bugged me. Back when, uh, well, I'm going and showing my age here. Back when Bionicle first started <clears throat> and we had the comics, uh, I basically got the whole story through the comic, and if I wanted to read the books, I could, and it would flesh out that existing storyline, and it made for a very nice experience. However, with the uh, more recent comics, they, they don't really seem to give me any storyline. It's just like, hey, we're bad guys. Hey, we're good guys. Hey, let's fight. Okay, we're fighting. And we're also snapping off one-liners, and then it ends. Yeah, I think the budget on the comics was definitely cut as years went on. That uh, resulted in less story going out through those. Any Anything yeah. to say on that, though, Jason? Uh, I have to agree that the comics have kind of been lacking quality in the few recent years. But um, but the books, the, the books Greg has written um, in the last couple of years, or at least in 2000. 2007, 2006, those were just wonderful pieces of work. They, they got most free. They, that, that's where I think the storyline was the best, were in, in the books, especially in 2008, where I, where I felt he was really putting a lot of effort to make this a grand year in Bionicle. Alright, so yeah, kind of as time went on, you had to go more and more towards the books to get a lot of the story, but I still think there is a, definitely a bunch of options you know, with BionicleStory.com to get your fix if you wanted to. All right, uh, what else do you have to say in uh, defense of the story there, Jason? Um, well, well, like you mentioned, BionicleStory.com and um, the, the serials that have been released in recent years, they, they, aren't, they aren't the best way to tell the primary story, and for the most part, they haven't tried to, but they... In a lot of ways, it's really fun to read about all these kind of forgotten characters from past years in these little side stories. So you have like characters that you probably would never see again in the main story, like Vizon, coming back and getting into all these misadventures. And sometimes the serials have been a little stale, but in in many ways, it's great to see like like they act like Greg actually cares about all these characters from the past and he's not just trying to uh, okay we're in a new year we're going to forget about all the other characters in the past and only focus on who we have here today it was a, it was a way to uh, connect to the past all right any comments on that rob actually yeah um, uh jason brings up a very good point in that uh, Greg does make sure that the characters don't get forgotten. Uh, however, it's also very easy to see which ones are his favorite characters. For example, I think almost every uh, serial minus... Uh, what was it? The Scrawl one? What was the Scrawl one called again, Jason? Oh, I Empire of the Scrawl. There we go. That uh, one. Yeah. Every one of them has had Vezon in it. 
and Vezon was okay back in 2006, but I cannot stand him anymore. He has been in everything, and he drives me more than a little crazy now. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, there's been a, the opportunity to focus on some characters, but other than the, the main characters, you don't need to, I guess, focus all the time on one or two. But uh, I guess that's, you know, Greg's one writing the story, so his choices, whether you agree with them or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, anything else to add on to that, Rob? About, you know, maybe the, the serials or anything in that vein? Uh, some of the serials I really did enjoy, uh, specifically, like I said, Empire of the Scrawl. I don't think I ever actually finished it, uh, just because I'm very busy and I don't always have the time. But from what I read of Empire of the Scrawl, it really it kept me interested. It made me want to know more about the Scrawl. However, uh, again, some of the serials just went completely out there. Uh, Brothers in Arms, for ones, just... One, I found myself completely unable to care about the main character, Mazeka, but I also found that it later completely went off the rails with multiverses and different dimensions and the whole introduction of Spherus Magna and just everything went very, very strange for me. <laughs> All right. Did you uh, read that one, Jason? Yeah, and I actually kind of like um, Mazika or Mazeka, however you say his name. Um, I have no j- idea. Just <laughs> just in the ways that they were giving they were giving more personality to a Matoran character because like they, you have you have all these uh, order members who are supposed to be the big bad bad characters who are fighting the good fight and then you have like oh look there's this Matoran who's uh, who's like one of the more more physically powerful characters not physically powerful but like one of the more capable members and I always thought that was kind of a uh, a really cool idea, even if maybe they uh, his character wasn't the best. Although I agree, near the end where it's like there's supposed to be a final showdown between uh, Mazika and Voltraz, his uh, arch enemy in um, in the swamps, it's like this final showdown, then zap, they're in an alternate universe. So I was kind of like, what? All right. So anything else uh, either one of you would like to uh, add? Just in uh, response to what Jason just said, I think that, once again, showing my age here, a lot of my problem with the whole Mazeka Voltraz thing was the fact that we did have capable Matoran back in 2001. Jala's captain of the guard was a supremely capable Matoran. He was held up there with basically on the same level as the Toa. The Chronicler's company was able to fend off an entire army of Rahi so that the Toa could get down into Makuta's lair. So having a capable Matoran isn't something new to me. It isn't something interesting to me. And I just found Mazeka a very unlikable character. So uh, any other anything else to say, Jason? Um, well, I guess I could address um, the 2010 storyline. And while... Well, in I'm sure many people think that it felt rushed. The the stars weren't characterized as well as they could have been. And the comics and the Matanui Sega and the Journey's End novel, they're all very very similar to each other. They didn't offer a lot of depth into everything. But the idea of two huge robots 
slugging it out the, over over Bar Magna and like Makuta getting hit in the back of the head with a giant planet. The, 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 the little guys fighting on the ground, that wasn't very well done, but I think the big robot fight between Matsunui and Makuta was, was a very good end for Bionicle. Yeah, I'd say my biggest grip personally about the way it ended is when we find out that uh, everything from, what, about 2005 to 2010 only took one year chronologically. I thought that was... Uh, I cannot believe that. ...kind of interesting in a bad way. But uh, I definitely did like the kind of the showdown. Although I still can't say I'm a huge fan of Matt Noe turning out to be a giant robot. I don't know. Anything you have to say on no, that? No, I... No, I cannot. Uh, Matanui is not a giant space robot to me, and he never has been. <laughs> uh, on that same note, uh, to me, Makuta, the true Makuta, will always be like a dark evil spirit, not a common cold. And there are multiple of them, and they turned bad because they could. All right, any uh, comments on that, Jason? Yeah, I have to agree. Matanui especially the island turning out to be the face of a giant sleeping robot it kind of stretches the imagination if you've been keeping keeping up with with the storyline since 2001 but like i guess they were planning it so i'll i'll go along with the flow in that case yeah I, one thing i always do kind of wonder is uh they say that they were planning it from the beginning or that they've been planning the future from the beginning but I, um, you know, you've got to wonder exactly how far they planned and how much they had to change in response to, you know, fan reaction and such over the years, if, you know, always was the plan to make him a robot like that. As far as I know, it actually was always the plan. In fact, I remember when Greg first came to the site, he got tons and tons of questions asking about the resemblance of the island of Matanui to a face, and he would always just kind of go, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm because he obviously had to keep something secret. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's definitely a possibility, but doesn't mean we have to like it. <laughs> I sure don't. I also don't like the name Pterodax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll always be the Makuta to me. Oh, always. Um, All right. I mean, I can see why they wanted a name for him, but they could have done a little better. He had a name, you know, it was the Makuta. But, uh... All right. That aside, uh, closing remarks, guys. Start with uh, Rob. Closing remarks. Uh, obviously, I've outgrown the story. Uh, I loved it from 2001 all the way to early 2006. But after that, I just found that it started to go off the rails for me, especially, as I said, in regards to uh, technology versus uh, the mystical aspect of it. I could buy that the Exotoa was an ancient, ancient, ancient machine that was left sealed in a cavern. I could not buy that Axelara and jet tracks and all that were ancient mystical machines. They were brand new speeder bikes. All right. Jason, closing remarks. Well, one of the things that has always really, always really grabbed me were the were the Toa characters. So you had the Toa Mata with Tahu, Kopaka, Gali, Liwa, Pahatu, and Anua. And it's like those characters really grabbed you, and they grabbed me at least, and they kept me coming back to the story. And even when we went to Metronu, we saw new Toa. 
Then we went to Volt and knew we had new Toa, but they were mature and we knew earlier. And it's, it just it just kept me wondering every year, like, what's going to happen to these characters I like so much? I keep coming back to see how's, how is the story progressing? Sometimes I haven't always liked it. I didn't, I haven't, didn't quite like the, uh, the Matsunui turning out to be a giant robot and the whole island they were living on the first couple of years was really just a fake. But, like, uh, I just kept going with it because, like, this is their story and I'm following it and I'm getting to see what the characters are like and followed it till the very end. All right, and we're pretty much at the end now, but uh, we'll see what Greg has in store for us in the future on BionicleStory.com. And, uh, of course... You know, if you don't like the way the story uh, turned out, you can always write your own. That's one of the beauties I'm of doing uh, that. something like Lego. Oh, yeah, I love writing stories. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on and talking about the story for a little bit. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right, and hopefully I'll see you back here in the future. Okay, with me now is the Matron of Anger back for uh, this month's How To BZP. How's everything going? It's going good. All right, so uh, what do you have for us this time? Well, this time we're going to change things up a little bit. Normally we like to do a little uh, typical things we see in uh, Q&A, but this week we're going to talk about, uh, or this month rather, we're going to talk about COT RPGs. Right, good old off-topic forum that everyone loves. <laughs> so... Uh, Recently we had a bit of uh, a revamp, but I guess before we go into that, you should just give a little overview of what the RPGs are and how that kind of stuff works. Well, yeah. So basically, everyone knows what a general text-based RPG is, and in COT we would often get flooded with requests for them, and you know, the forum leader, I think back in the day, I can't remember who it was, was it Kex back then or something like that, uh, you know, just kind of got fed up with having to deal with the uh, number of requests he was getting, so they established the RPG judge system, or judge system, if I can talk. And basically, there's a panel of judges that review these RPG requests and to make sure they're very thorough and that, you know, they're not, someone's not just blindly rushing into an RPG with very little uh, information, and then it relieves the workload of the leader as well. Right, yeah, so instead of having one person make all the decisions who you know, may or may not have a lot of experience or interest in RPGs, we have uh, picked out you know, some greater peers who uh, you know, have a lot of experience with that to uh, help make the decisions. Right. So uh, in the recent revamp, what are some of the uh, things that uh, went on? Not a whole lot. I mean, we've, I think we've retained uh, the entire RPG staff that we had before, though Sisson moved down to a uh, judge position, whereas before he was the leader. And then I assumed the leader position, but I'm not a judge. So I don't really put in a lot of input as to changes that are made into an RPG. That's the, you know, the realm of the judges. And then I basically just rubber stamp everything as, you know, approved at the end to just make sure it's BZP friendly and, you know, isn't going to conflict with anything in the form. Right. You oversee the process kind of as, you know, an impartial observer. Right. So 
it may get, or get sort of uh, some of the bias that uh, some people thought was there previously, and right. uh, hopefully it will make for a, a smoother system. And then uh, I think one of our other bigger changes is that we want to put more of an emphasis on the planning and organ organization of your RPG before you submit it. We want to make sure that you kind of flesh it out and even get more input from your other peers before you bring it to us. You know, we don't want some half-baked idea coming into us and then we have to say, you know, then everyone just has to say no and waste a lot of our time. Right. It's great to have, you know, a good idea for an RPG or, you know, anything for that matter, but you really have to develop it before uh, it's ready for prime time, you know, for other people to play. Right. And then I think the other change we made was that you now have, like, you were required to have a co-host before we didn't require you to have a co-host. And now we do. It's just easier that if one host kind of falls to the wayside and can't keep up with things, the other one can pick up the slack. Yeah, that's So it's happened. nicer that way. It's happened a lot in the past, you know, where someone gets busy with school or life or whatever and just can't keep up with uh, running the RPG. So it's definitely a good thing to have. Right. We still have the monthly review of RPGs, though we're still working out uh, who's handling what. I'm a little behind on that right now after dealing with finals and everything, but right. things are settling down now, so all right. we'll start uh, making sure that all the current RPGs are still in working order as well. Good, good stuff. Uh, anything else you'd like to add about the system in general, or any maybe tips or anything on uh, what to do? Oh, like I said, just you know, when you bring an idea to us, make sure it's nothing, nothing half-baked. We don't want to have to sift through something that just isn't really up to par with everything else out there. And you know, maybe examine other RPGs that are currently out there to get a general sense of how they run things and you know what makes a successful RPG. Right. Yeah. The whole goal of the system is to you know make sure all the RPGs we have are you know well planned out. And uh, fun for the members, and you know, as opposed to having other RPGs in the past, which would start and you know, if there's not a lot of interest, and they die kind of right away. So, want to have good RPGs. You know, don't want to have you know too many flooding the system. So, hopefully, uh, with these changes, the the system will be uh, doing some good work, and people can have fun there. Most definitely. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, as always, and I will talk to you next month. All right. No problem. All right, so with me now is Smeeg, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Brick Fair event that everyone loves so much. Oh, yeah. How's it going? Going pretty well, Andrew. Nice. So uh, we're about nine weeks away from Brick Fair. Woo! I guess you're excited. So, <laughs> a little uh, tiny bit. <laughs> for those who don't know, want to give a little brief description about what Brick Fair is? Uh, well, Brick Fair is the premier Lego convention uh, held on the East Coast in the United States of America, just around the corner from me in Chantilly, Virginia, in fact. Um, it's uh, just a gathering of fans of Lego from all over the world where people can share and display mocks. Um, there are vendors. You can get Lego sets for great prices, rare Lego pieces. We have uh, um, there are seminars, some all kinds of fun things to do and of course the most fun is hanging out with the wonderful people there yep yeah bz power has uh always had a big presence there are lots of staff and members show up and uh we always have a good time without fail 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, this year, uh, unlike the previous years, it's going to be held in the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, as Smeeg mentioned. And uh, the private expo starts on Thursday, August 5th, and goes through till Sunday, August 8th. Uh, for the public, you know, those people who aren't staying the whole time, uh, not registering as full events, that's Saturday and Sunday on the 7th and 8th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. So mark your calendars. Yeah. And basically the difference between the public and the and the full attendees is that um you when you're coming in the public expo, you know, it's a lot of time to see the stuff and you can come see the mocks, see the vendors, things like that. Um but a lot of some of the events like on Friday and whatnot you're not necessarily going to be privy to. Um so it's it's uh um it's it's good, you know, if you're a family coming in and whatnot, but if you want to stay for uh for all the events and things like that, you'll want to do the full registration. Yeah, the, the public expo is, you know, if you want to see what everyone else has made and, uh, you know, buy some stuff, um, you know, that's for you. But for, you know, the full experience, if if you're someone who's a builder and a big fan of LEGO, you want to come for the full full four days, get to go to the different uh, seminars and such, a lot of uh, activities and things that happen you know, after hours on the public days and also during Thursday and Friday, lots of fun and games that uh, happen. And the uh, running of the bulls. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's for those uh, not familiar. <laughs> that's what has, is sometimes called the name, or sometimes the uh, Lego store event, where uh, you get a damage box sales and lots of good discounts on all sorts of uh, Lego sets. And yeah. even though you end up usually waiting. For uh, a long time, <laughs> long time. <laughs> but uh, it's worth it in the end, just because yeah. you know you're with all these other Lego fans talking about you know Lego and all these other things. You, you find out that uh, you have a lot of common in common with other people. So yeah, well, and I think one of the greatest things is um, oh, the guys from BZ Power come and uh, uh, I think it's becoming no secret that we're uh, we've gone from the the ugly redheaded stepchild of the Lego community to being. The coolest people in the Lego community, in my <laughs> humble opinion, <laughs> we have we have way too much fun at Brick Fair. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think uh, not everyone's acknowledged it yet, but <laughs> some people have, and they, they realize that we're the people to hang out with. Yeah, and there's just there's lots of great great BZ members, uh, BZ staff members, and whatnot who come. Um, you know, like Andrew and I go every year. Um, Darth Vader, um, or Pat Pat, known as Darth Vader on the forums. Um, Joe Kohaku. Um, uh, just a lot, lot of great members. Um, some, some have come alternate years, like you know, Makaru and and Kie and guys come sometimes. Sometimes they can't. But uh, just a lot of fun people to hang out with and uh, and uh, be rowdy and make noise with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just have a, a good time. You know, lots of inside jokes happen and uh, other things. You know, sometimes when we're really loud, security comes to our door and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that that may happen sometimes. But we party hard. Yeah, that just shows you how much fun we have. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, lots of you know fun stuff. Hopefully, this year we're going to be uh, recording an episode of the BZ Powercast there amongst the staff, and uh, you know we may be trying to do something to get the members involved too, which should be yeah. awesome. And one of the things we do to get members involved a lot of times is obviously since the heart of the convention is the mocks on display, um, we say people can bring mocks when they come to the convention. Or even if you can't make it, you can send one in 
and we'll put it on display and then send it back to you. Um, usually we throw a little something in too when we can. But, uh, and I think one of the things we really encourage with the Bonacle table is that um, even much more so than other Lego themes, we really have a lot of uh, non-mocking creative pursuits too, like artwork, uh, stories, even members have made video games. And we, we encourage you guys to send that stuff into us too so we can put that. We've had posters and artwork on display. We, like I said, we even had video games on display for people to play um, that members have designed. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a good go way. for pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think we're hoping to do do all that kind of stuff again. So, if uh, you know if you can come, that's great. Bring as many mocks and uh, artwork as you can. If you can't come, you can still uh, participate by sending in some stuff. Um, Chocolate Frogs is going to be the one that receiving that kind of stuff and bringing it to the event. So uh, we'll have more information soon as far as uh, an address to ship that to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you can make sure you can get that in. And, uh, yeah, like I said, mocks, artwork, whatever whatever you have made, you know, that shows your creativity in regards to Bionicle and, uh, you know, Lego in general. Send it in and uh, we'll make sure people see it. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And, um, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So I guess um, some other things uh, I mentioned before, you know, if you come for the full expo, there's lots of games and stuff that go on. There's, uh, I think, they've done it for a couple of years. Uh, bingo is usually a pretty fun thing. Yeah, Not really Lego-related, but there's lots <laughs> of Lego prizes to be won. Yeah. On the Lego side, they usually have uh, at least one kind of speed build event where uh, either it's a competition where you have people building into smaller sets or a whole bunch of people building one large set. A couple of years ago, it was the Taj Mahal. I forget what yeah. they did last year. But, Joe uh, won that one. And, um, let's see, you know, there's other events, um, you know, different kind of, uh, what is it, like, you know, like a dirty Santa, they call it the dirty brickster, dirty brickster yeah. where you can, uh, you know, swap kind of stuff around. There's usually, yeah. um, a parts draft or something like that, where basically everyone buys, uh, a copy of the same set. So you get like, say 15 people all buying the same set and then you sort all the pieces and, you know, one person takes all of one type of piece, another person takes all of another kind of piece. So is there a good way to get, you know, a lot of the same kind of pieces if you're building something really large without having to spend the money on 15 copies of the set? Yeah, exactly. And um, and then, yeah, there's there's also all kinds of other things, uh, some of like the non-listed events and things but there are a lot there are lego employees that come uh that you can chill with and talk to like uh, like good old steve witt that we're all big fans of <laughs> and uh um and just lots lots of kind of neat surprises like that that you can even just kind of stumble upon uh while attending the convention right yeah and, yeah lots lots of fun you know meeting lots of new people and getting to know them and seeing lots of great uh creations it's uh, always a good thing yeah what would you say your favorite part of brick fairies andrew Ah, uh, it's always a tough one. I mean, there's so much fun that happens. I yeah. I'm not sure I can pick anything. What about you? Do you have something? Uh, oh, gee, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. Um, I mean, I guess, well, the number one thing for me would be hang, hanging out with all of you guys, because I love you guys. <laughs> but, uh, it was, um, it's just great, great people and, and the crazy, rowdy fun that we have there. Um, I guess... Uh, the bingo is always a fun event, um, but I guess if I had to choose my favorite thing that we do every brick fair, I think it would be the staff set review, yeah, <laughs> which is a yeah, kind of tradition of ours. 
Um, yeah, th this will be the third year, I guess, that we'll probably yeah. do that if we can uh, yeah. find a uh, set. Obviously, it won't be a Bonacle set this year, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. but we'll yeah. find Unless we get a really old one. <laughs> uh, I guess some other things to mention that we've talked about the seminars those range from all sorts of different things i mean um last year there was you know one about adding power functions to your creations there are ones about different building techniques um how to make brick films using uh the lego cad tools that are out there to oh, yeah, you know, make digital versions of your models yeah and they always have um displays of the brick films at every brick fair um they have a little place where you can actually watch the films, which is always fun yeah I'm not quite sure how that'll work out this year I, I think sure it's in a room on the is. side yeah, but you know in the past they had some kind of dedicated theater type area set up, so I'm sure they'll do something similar gotcha yeah oh oh i'm not i forgot the uh i unless I'm incorrect, I've been told that the bionicle table is right next to a moon bounce oh yes, so. that's true yeah for the <laughs> The first time this year, Brick Fair is going to have a moon bounce, which um, kind of took people by some of us by surprise at least because we weren't sure why why exactly we needed a moon bounce. But why once you have a moon bounce, yeah, that sounds like all kinds of fun. <laughs> no, that I I think we'll be making frequent use of that. <laughs> Definitely, I'm sure during the the public hours will be quite crowded, but uh, after hours, you know, if you're there oh, for yeah. the full expo, you know, oh. some awesome fun with you know AFOLs hanging out in a moon bounce oh yeah <laughs> just don't bring any lego bricks in there cuz you know you might uh, pop it or something that would be bad yeah yeah that would be a shame well that's what duct tape's for though <laughs> anything else we're forgetting i mean uh, so i mean there's countless things that we're not mentioning but uh, uh yeah i mean there's you know, <laughs> trying to go eat dinner with steve witt and somehow constantly <laughs> Being too late or getting separated from him, and or even better, going to dinner and Steve Witt just happens to be there and he pays for your dinner without even telling you. Yeah, that that always is, is a <laughs> pleasant surprise. <laughs> that have, yeah, that happened last year, um, our, our last night there. That was that was good times. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, lots lots of late nights spent up hanging out, just you know talking yeah. and playing games and doing whatever and just having a great time. Yeah, I mean, uh, you see that video that I posted in the news recently to uh, to uh, Stick Song, Come Sail Away, uh, so, which was suggested by Pat, by the way. Um, just kind of a montage of just, I mean, like, you look at us in there and we're just kind of romping around and being, you know, ridiculous. And it's it's just so much fun. You, you can see we're wandering around. Like, we were wandering around Tyson's Corner last year because that's where it was near where it was held last year. Um, and just there's, you know, there's lots of stuff in the area so even when you're not actually in the convention you can wander around and just find all kinds of fun things to do with friends yeah i'm sure we'll, there'll be some wandering around and yeah like you saw in the video um pat was the cameraman for i believe pretty much all of that yeah and uh yeah we tend to have a lot of fun recording our interesting antics <laughs> um you know you see the set reviews and you saw that but other stuff gets recorded that uh you know doesn't <laughs> it doesn't quite fit the um, the quality bar for what we want to share, but it's always interesting to have a camera pointed in your face while you're uh, having fun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, 
Pat will be manning that camera again this year. So yeah. uh, who, who knows what we'll get on tape this year. <laughs> see if we can get some extra batteries this year so uh, we don't run into the issues we've run into in the past. But That would be a good idea. Maybe I should just get a new camera with like super battery batteries. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure Andrew, any, any new camera will probably last much longer than your old one. Andrew, you have money. You can get me one. I don't have money yet. I haven't started working. As people who, you know, who read my blog know, I just graduated and I'm unemployed. <laughs> How am I supposed uh, but, to have money? But you... you you're such a you're such an upstanding gentleman with uh, with so many skills. I'm sure you'll acquire vast tracts of money in the, in the near future. Hopefully, but <laughs> uh, you know I already have some plans for that money. So <laughs> I don't know if a camera's on the list. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, all right. Any uh, other thoughts on Brick Fair? Um, other than that, it's totally awesome, and that I'm quite excited to see all you guys again. Uh, I think we can just let it uh, let what's going to happen pan out from here. Yeah, it's definitely one of the highlights of my year, I know for sure. Definitely. And I'm sure it's the same for pretty much all the other BZ Power staff and members that can attend. Definitely a top 10 event of the year. <laughs> yeah, so if you can make it, we'd love to see you there. Oh, yeah. You know, if um, you know, you're know you interested in coming and uh, you know you might need some help with uh, travel or lodging or something, you can uh, feel free to shoot me or chocolate frogs or someone else uh pm and we'll you know try to help you with uh organizing that stuff yeah and uh yeah keep your eyes peeled on the front page to uh get more information about where you can send mocks and artwork and all that other fun stuff all right well thanks for coming on and thanks uh, for talking about that and uh nine weeks man Woo! all right take all care right. see you man And that just about wraps it up for yet another episode of the BZ Powercast. I hope you all enjoy the show. Um, feel free to leave any comments in the talkback or uh, on iTunes if you're downloading it from there. Remember, if you have any questions or uh, comments or anything you'd like to see on the show, feel free to send them to powercast at bzpower.com or send me a PM on the forums. Uh, of course, my screen name is Black6. And I hope to see you all back next month. I'll listen to our next episode. So um, that's about it. Here is uh, Smeeg's latest composition for you guys. Come on, Virginia, don't let me wait. Catholic girls start much too late I'm to the letter, it comes down to fate And I might as well be the one Who ever showed you a statue and told you to pray They built you a temple and locked you away Ah, but they never told you the price that you pay For the things that you might have done Only the good die young And that's what I say Stained glass curtain you're hiding behind Never lets in the sun Oh darling, only the good die young Whoa -ho -ho -ho. I tell you, only the good die young Only the good
say it's better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Sinners are much more fun. You know that only the good die young. That's what I say. Mustard freezies are inadequate substitutes for popsicles. How do you even freeze mustard? Yeah, I mean, and what usually ends up happening is that uh, you just kind of have a, a spicy mess in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried this before? <laughs>